I'm meteorologist Gary Lezak. Welcome to The Forecast with Gary Lezak. It's brought to you by Results Personal Fitness. I just look at those up. results. Oh, look at Come oh on. my God. Look at I've, been, I've been eating healthy, too, lately. Too. Have you really? Yeah. You're looking good. Very very lean. Thank you. Well, it's thank you to David Schlossman at Results Personal Fitness. The results are there. I can't believe you have a permit for a gun show. Every week we do this. Every it's, single... Yeah, every, I, always something... <laughs> <laughs> Bring out the guns. Yeah, well, I got to get even better for you know pool season's coming. So, but uh, Ooh, good point. Results are one thirty fifth and Metcalf and David Schlossman has been training me for like twenty five years, and thank goodness it's it's a great way to stay into shape. Uh, get that personal trainer. So go to Results. Call David Schlossman at Results Personal Fitness. Our other sponsor is Uphold Home. Uphold Ho- Home or Homes? Uphold Home. Uphold H O M E. Uh, if you're getting on to your golden years and your loved one needs to possibly, you're thinking about putting them into a home, why not stay at home and possibly even get healthier? That's the whole system behind Uphold Home to hopefully stay at home, get I a like good that. fitness plan, yeah. health plan, and all you're that. You're switching up the stigma. So the idea being like, oh, shoot, it's, it's a, the idea is like, oh, it's a, you're declining. No, but what if you were on the upswing? It's possible. What if you use it as an yeah. opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So I like it. Home and results. Good concept. Fitness. All right, it's called the forecast. We're going to be forecasting all kinds of things today. Yeah, we. Well, I, are we? I yeah. guess that's a good way I'm of putting gonna, it. I'm yeah. going to forecast your next few weeks. You're going to have a great. Me few, personally, you're going to have a great few weeks ahead. I, I, d- I did have a fortune cookie last night at the uh, the China what Hut. What did it say? It was uh, it was about having friends when you need them most. Really? It was very uplifting, and I thought, boy, there's probably going to be some times I'm going to need this. Of course, I was sitting at a table with friends, and I told them I was going to have them all help me with tiling and sheetrock in my building. So. <laughs> I don't know how well that went over. Well, anyway, we'll I'm forecasting good fortune. Man, that is great. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is Bob Lyons. Bob, oh, hello. Bob and I actually work together with Weather 2020. And, we do. Lots of fun. Um, we have had quite a few weeks here, and uh, this is a big year for our company as we bring a technology, innovative technology and methodology to the world to help save lives and businesses. Absolutely. But we just went to Miami. Tell us Gosh, about that. Gosh, yeah, boy, we had... We had some week. We have had some weeks. It kind of seems like it was forever ago, but it was very recently. So yes, we went down to Miami. We were uh, in the Natural Disasters Expo, right? And so we were showcasing um, first and foremost our hurricane predictions, and uh, met an eclectic group of individuals. Number one, Miami, fascinating town. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how anybody's doing it down there, but everybody's gorgeous. Everybody looks like they're the most successful person you've and ever they're met. In shape. They're like, Everybody's in yeah, shape, it's ridiculous, and stunning, and like just wearing. I don't know all of these brands that I hear people are supposed to love. It is just a strange. Every, there's. I've never seen so many Lambos and just things. I don't know. Just. <laughs> Tearing down the street. It was a wild experience. It was and, very fun. And, you know, the weather was great, too. So, it was yeah. gorgeous. A yeah. very, I, I always think about this each year. I'm like, ah, no, I'm fine. I like seasons. I love winter because you love snow. I love snow. Uh, I don't think I can move somewhere where the weather is the same all the time, right? Yeah. But then, like, you know, it got to be the end of February, and I, I, I was, didn't realize I was getting the winter blues until you get to Miami and get some sunshine, and you go, 
This is the most rejuvenating thing I've it had. It was in the 80s every yeah, day. Yes, so. gorgeous. Sunshine, so 80s. We good. got lucky with the weather there, not Agreed. even humid even. So, yeah, it was great. So it's fantastic. But, of course, they get hurricanes there, and I could live there because I, I love watching cumulus clouds build into thunderstorms. I get a lot of those. Yeah. And then occasionally you have a hurricane, which can be deadly and dangerous and scary. And so what we're doing with Weather 2020 we're trying to help reduce that fear by giving adva- providing advance warning. Some people say, what good does it do to, to know there might be a hurricane six months in advance? Um, but there is a lot of good. Instead of being scared, be prepared. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We met. It, it was great. So the, the expo took place over two days. Um, we had a very nice booth. Uh, we dressed up. I thought we looked pretty sharp. Uh, we had a very... You wore a tie. I wore a suit and a tie. That's amazing. I know. Well, I like it. I always tell people, like, I feel like I'm playing dress up, like I'm a little kid playing dress because I don't dress fancy very often. So I actually really like it. I know there's always, like, the stigma of, like, oh, I hate wearing a tie. Like, I use it as an opportunity. You almost feel like you're putting on a costume. Like, it's a whole persona. It's right. fun to me. I mean, I guess you did it for... 50 years and so you know like i, I imagine you, you're wearing a t-shirt right now it's got to be exhausting I did it for a very long time yeah. and it's good not to have to wear a tie every day i put sure. on a tie every day and and of course eric love that's a whole other segment eric love it used to be at nordstrom now he's at halls and uh he my whole whole wardrobe was an eric love wardrobe oh that's excellent like so, selection or or tailor selection he taught me how to dress how to color coordinate the, the guy is a genius so go to halls should be one of our sponsors how about that yeah, yeah. yeah so that's awesome eric love is the guy's name but yeah so yes we we dressed up we we had the whole presentation it was great uh we had a steady stream of people that were very interested i thought it was great too because it a lot of people were in there. Some people came with with a, a level of like stigma of just like, come on, what are you telling me? Are you really doing this? Uh, but everybody had an open mind. That's what I always appreciate. Even if some people came with like a heavy dose of skepticism, uh, they at least kept an open mind and go, well, okay. I mean, I'll keep an eye on you. You know, so I thought it was good. But there was plenty of people too who were just like, we need this. How how can we how can we work with you? What do right. we do? So it was a it was a very good spectrum of. Um, I don't know, passion, interest, uh, you name it. It was a very good experience. Yeah. And it helped us hone our message, too. Right. Because when you have to... Because we had to practice over and over again. Man, hey, oh, boy, we did. Yeah. That was a lot of, a lot of hours of, of, of chatting. But it was, uh, it was a very good exercise on, on all of our ends, I think. Yeah. And very well received. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's amazing is that, you know, uh, since that expo, we've gotten some feedback from people. We've gotten sure. some potential customers. One of them is a customer that has big shipping lane problems. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and they have these disruptions when their supply doesn't get to port. Sick, they, they can be 200000 to millions of dollars in disruptions. Sure. They sent me a list of 17 of their disruptions, and I analyzed the LRC. Last year's pattern happened to be cycling at close to 64 days. Right. And I was able to line up 14 of their 17 events they sent to me, sent to us, uh, to line up with the LRC. In other words, there is a predictability. And then we threw out... Is it going to help you? Can you reduce your loss if you know 50 days, 60 days in advance? And they said, absolutely. There's a way to plan and make at least reduce their losses. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to help businesses mitigate their losses, and we'll help save lives by advance warning of when a hurricane is going to move in. Yeah, and it's very cool because this was an instance where – 
you know, we've discussed logistics a lot um, within the company between you and me because, like, it's like, how do you apply this? Who can use it? How would they use it? And we oftentimes were, we had a lot of inquiry from people trying to do shipping lanes on land, highways, you know, intermodal transit, whatever. But this was the first time I feel like somebody was like, well, can we apply it to boats and right. wind? And, you know, like, well, sure, I guess that's a good point. We hadn't even really considered it. And then uh, they were they were nice, like, or gracious enough to say, like, well, here's some incidents of disruptions. And then you were able to take that from, like, a scientific perspective and say, okay, let's go and see, you know, like this. We hadn't really thought of this particular application, but there's no reason it shouldn't apply. And you were able to kind of reverse engineer and go, actually, yeah, it does look like there's indicators here. This right. could be useful. So it's great. Absolutely. So since then, there, there were others that walked around that expo, got – I learned about what we're doing. Sure. Yeah. And um, we ended up in this article, this very big article. Right. Well, if, if I may set this up, it was interesting because we were- Please do. Well, we were, we were in the booth, right? And so I get an email while we're there. And it's just, a, it's an email. I'm like, I, I'm so-and-so from such and such. I would love to interview uh, Gary Lezak about the LRC. Please contact me if possible. And so we chit-chat about it, like, well, this is kind of interesting, you know, because you do get interview requests. You've been on a lot of radio shows and whatnot, but this one seemed more formal, I suppose, would be the way I would, I would say it was received. And so we're like, okay, well, this is the thing. We got nothing to hide. No reason not to do it, right? So uh, you responded and said, sure, let's set it up, and, and onward. The rest is Internet history at the moment. Right, and I'm glad I, I did that interview with her. And uh, Maddie Bender, I think is her name, who wrote the article, and she heard from us on what we tell them what the LRC right. is able to do by understanding the cycling pattern up there. And we make these predictions for Hurricane Ian six months to maybe even 10 months before. And uh, even today, as we sit here talking on this podcast, on the forecast, we forecasted a severe weather outbreak for this week to possibly set up in an area f over the south, okay? And, right, right. And it is literally lining up, as we expected, a 65-day outlook predicted as good as the one-day or two-day outlook from the Storm Prediction Center. They're now talking about how it could be an outbreak tomorrow, definitely a chance of some significant tornadoes. Mississippi is the target, and... We didn't just take a stab and say, hey, right around March 20th to 25th, there's going to be one. It's based on the LRC. You can go back scientifically, analyze the weather patterns, and make a prediction based on the technology that we have. So let me ask you this. And this is something uh, we are going to get deeper into the, the tidbits of this article. Um, and one of those is going to be a criticism that's just like, Okay, it, so is this naturally severe weather season for these particular areas, right? Because this is something that's like, oh, well, you, you said it's going to rain on what is statistically the rainiest day of the year. Of course that's going to be a win, right? So let me ask you this. For the areas that we did predict these severe weather outbreaks, is it statistically already likely? Because like, to me, I say, all right, that's a bad criticism because it didn't happen last week, Right. If this is such a like, oh, well, if you just you throw a dart, you're liable to hit a wall, right? Because right? the wall's right there. Of course you're going to hit it, right? But the idea is, well, no. If, if this is such a like, well, there's always severe weather during severe weather season. It wasn't last week, right? So is this a, this is a win. This feels like a win. Right. You know, 
I tweeted this morning the, a video of our 65-day forecast compared to the Storm Prediction Center's forecast. Right, right, right. We have made 11 predictions for this season. 11 predictions of when severe weather will happen. Okay. Okay, and this is the fourth of our 11 predictions. When and where? When. It's for when and where okay. and a little bit of how and why. But you know, Oh, sure. We have, we have our <laughs> proprietary fun. method, but a little bit of that. Because this one happening this week, while we're recording this, it happens to be the week of March 20th to 25th that we predicted this outbreak. But this year's cycle is, you know, roughly seven weeks plus a day or so. You go back to the previous cycles and you'll see severe weather outbreaks. The severe weather is cycling on schedule. It is hitting when it hits. So right, right. we have made four predictions this season. All four, after this week happens, will be four for four. And someone might argue, well, what happened in between? What happened to those severe weather outbreaks? There weren't any. The, right, yeah. O- the only severe weather that is happening in March is directly related to what has happened in previous cycles. Now, in May, it gets a little noisy with severe weather. Oh, sure. In May, as soon as you have the warmth, to get severe weather, you have to have humidity. You have to have the right thermodynamics. So the warmer temperatures and higher humidity from the Gulf of Mexico and combined with these storm systems, and you get the conditions for tornadoes and severe weather. So in May, it's now all of a sudden warm and humid everywhere. And so even the smaller disturbances start producing severe weather, so it gets noisy. But still, the bigger events are still likely to happen as we expected. So to answer your question, a big widespread event, yeah. We're not just throwing darts. We we threw 11 darts, I guess. And we're four, imagine throwing four straight bullseyes. We just threw four straight bullseyes. How about okay, it? Right yeah. down the middle of that 50. It says 50 on the bullseye or whatever it is. Sure. You get your 50 points. It wasn't the 25 on the outside. We literally went right. We're going right near the middle of the bullseye and for the first four. Right. Now, there's we made 11 of these severe weather predictions. We have our hurricane predictions coming. Every single day's weather is predicted by our model. Not every single day's weather is going to be accurate, but the bigger storms that produce severe weather are more likely to be right. Absolutely. So this this criticism, again, that we'll, we'll get into in the article too, but it applies here, I think, to a certain degree. It's, it's difficult because it's like, oh, if you walk into a casino, obviously you're going to gamble because there's gambling in the casino. Right. You know, and it's just, so that, that mentality of trying to, trying to second guess what we're doing just because like, oh sure, severe weather is more likely during this part of the year in these certain areas of the year or regions of the of the nation or whatever. So like so of course you predicted it. It's not the case. It's not what we're doing. We're not making broad scale predictions of like, okay, for the month of March in the United States, there's probably gonna be something. But I feel like that's how it's being presented. And we're pre- we're predicting where and when. The LRC is the only model known in the world as far as we know, right, that's right. able to accurately predict 
where and when something's going to happen. So one of our big predictions, just to put it out there, and it's going to be in our press release coming oh up no. soon. Oh, no. What are we going to hear? It's, it's oh, the, no. Okay. It's, it's the hurricane <laughs> forecast for uh, between Miami and Daytona Beach, somewhere in that area. Right. Getting right. hit right around the peak of hurricane season, September 10th or 12th. So the critics yeah. will come in and go, well, of course. Well, every year there's a hurricane between Daytona Beach and Miami between sub- around September 10th. That is there not is true. Not. There is not. Yeah. That is a false equivalency. Yeah. To, to it reality. doesn't happen every year or every other year. It, yeah. it, they do Miami to Dayton, Daytona Beach might have a hurricane once every five years. I don't know what the stats are. I'll, I'll find out what those are. I've been thinking but of once every five years or so, it'd be twenty percent chance. Not what we're saying right now. It's a sixty-five percent chance. And right in the article, it says the controversial claim rocking the weather rocking world. Rocking the okay, weather so world. Oh, yeah. This is we the should, article. Yeah, read this Read the, this title the for The controversial us. claim, rocking the weather world, and it says underneath it, I don't know, I do have my glasses with me. Well, here, so it is, yeah, The but there is a specific uh, title to this article, right? And so, do, you have a, do you have it called up? Well, I guess you're right. So it is The Daily Beast. Uh, the article is written by Maddie Bender. It is called Inside the Controversial Claim Rocking the Weather World. It came out on March 15th, right? So uh, it, it, it is interesting because we were just sort of taking a look at it. I, I don't know. I didn't really, I thought, well, sure. I mean, you know, press is good press, whatever the case. Um, it came out. It, it did definitely strike a nerve in like the Twitter world because uh, specifically on the Daily Beast Twitter handle, they get the average impressions of an article is, I don't know, eight to 10,000 impressions of what a tw- whatever Twitter considers an impression, whatever is public facing to us that we can see. And this one's sitting at easily, what, 200,000 or so impressions just, wow. just since, the, since it came out. A lot of comments, a lot of sharing. There, it, so obviously it was interesting enough. It was compelling enough to a whole lot of people, more so than the average article on the, the Daily Beast. Right. So that right there, I think, is kind of fascinating. Now, who knows? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is it was it people hate reading it? I don't know, you know. But I still feel like I don't. I want people to have an open mind. I think it has to be presented, and and therefore it can be right. discussed. You would think scientists would have an open mind, but the scientists, <laughs> when it comes to the LRC, they tend to have a very closed mind because this is a paradigm shift in meteorology. Right, right. So I guess that segues into. So it is interesting that as a whole, you and I discussed it. It it is a it's a good article. I think I think Maddie did a pretty good job of presenting the case. I thought she did a great job. Uh, I, I think she's supposed to. She presents it as like, here is information. Uh, I've talked to this person. I've talked to this person. This is what this person said. This is what this person says. I don't know. You know, it's like it's meant for you to kind of make your own. She's not necessarily. I, I kind of when I first read it, I thought, oh man, is she going to editorialize this? And is it going to be very like? I don't agree. Which sometimes to me, like, well, you can't claim you know independent journalism. And then she be injecting opinions. She, she did there. not do that. I agree yeah. completely. I think she was very, very good and neutral in her presentation of, right. of the cases that were right. brought. Um, I don't necessarily think, though, that the, the, the other scientific experts, I feel like they were either uninformed or a little disingenuous in the way that they discussed it, which I don't know, is fair. So, like, if I'm one of them and somebody calls me up and says, hey, do you feel qualified to discuss this topic, right? I'm probably going to say no, you right. know. Uh, because even if I'm some like, all right, let's say you're, I'm an atmospheric scientist or I'm a insert scientist type here. Can you discuss this thing? I go, well, I'm a scientist. It sounds like it's about that. Sure. So maybe you have the confidence to say, yes, I can. But I don't think they knew enough about what we're doing to be able to make a fair claim. And I think their quotes were 
indicative of that. I yeah, think they're, they were telling. They're, they're defensive, right? They're like they're pretty defensive. Yeah, yeah or, for or, sure. Or they used the they sort of like on Twitter, and these are PhDs, doctors of meteorology. Okay, yeah, that come in here and they say sorry, comma snake oil. Or, right, right. or impossible, this is impossible. Uh, and, and I'm like, wow, okay, well, let's have a discussion about it. So I, I did email a couple people, and one of them, uh, Dr. Gensini, uh, he, he's in tornado research, and I've been in communication with him for years yeah, and you years. Got a, you got a history with him, right? I, th- yeah. I think he's in Northern Illinois University, where uh, he is at now. Um, but... He's doing research on trying to predict tornadoes and whether 2020 and the LRC has a solution that they should pay attention to. And so, right. so I'd like to hope so. So I reached out to him, and, and of course, no response. There's not even a, hey, Gary, very interesting. Yeah, I'll do a Zoom meeting with you. Show me what your research showing. Yeah. They won't even talk to me. And the reason I think is possibly I'm a broadcast meteorologist. Sure. I'm sure. not a PhD. There's a stigma How with it. How could maybe, I yeah. have come up with something that all these other meteorologists haven't? I understand all yeah. that. But what if we have, which we have? <laughs> well, so I I kind of have two two points on this, I suppose. It's it's interesting to me because I, I feel like there's probably a time where somebody goes, Hey, um, well, let, let, imagine if I presented a case to you. I said, Hey Gary. I can move at 70 miles an hour. That's it. That's the only thing I'm saying. I'm saying I can move at 70 miles an hour. I'm not saying I can run right. 70 miles an hour. I'm not saying I can walk. I'm not right. saying my legs move me, but I can say it. So somebody would go, no, you can't. Right. There's just no way. I'm leaving out the fact that I'm traveling in an inter- internal combustion-driven automobile. Right. right. So to me, so it's like, all right, somebody hears something, they instantly have a reaction to go, you can't do that but they don't have an understanding of the context of what you're doing. Right. And so I feel like a lot of the quotes, when one of the quotes in there in particular says like, and it's almost too telling. I don't know if I, if I put it down yet, cause I want to get it right. I think it's only fair that we get it right. Read it. Uh, let me see here. Oh, uh, maybe I don't have it. I'll paraphrase, paraphrase then and feel free to shred me if I get it wrong. Uh, it's, it's along the lines of, uh, you can't do this with today's models. And it's in reference to the concept of chaos theory. And I thought it was kind of funny because the, the individual who sort of came up with chaos theory is referenced in the article as though he was contributing to the article, but he's not there because it's an MIT scientist, but whatever. I mean, that's just a little nitpicky. Yeah. They think you can't get specific past 14, 15 days. The, the going statement within the meteorology scientific forecasting community is there's a 15 day limit on predicting the weather down to any kind of specificity. So the LRC allows us to predict this week's severe weather outbreak, where and when it's going to happen within a couple of days. Right. And so, so we're proving over and over again that that statement is just absolutely provably wrong by our results. It's based on incorrect assumptions. So you're presenting a strong opinion based on an incorrect assumption, which right. I think is is just kind of unfair to then present it in, in this sort of like academically professional setting. But I mean, such is life, because we've brought this up on this co- podcast before, where we would agree with the statement that you can't predict long range forecasting weather conditions with today's models. 
We agree with that statement. We've been saying we agree with that statement. You can't, which is why we have our own model. It's a different methodology. It is we a different have, way to do we it. We have what we believe is tomorrow's model. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so had you asked somebody in this article, like, are you even familiar with the way the LRC is is predicting weather? You know, like that was that was not a quote in there. Right. They sort of like, actually, no, I've never looked into it. Right. <laughs> would be my guess. The answer, right? Would, and if they've know. never looked into it, how can they say it's impossible? Exactly. Right. So that's yeah. that's what, it's one thing to say like, yes, I read their paper and I, I did all and I know how they're doing it or, and I'm I'm familiar with the methodology and I, I I don't think you can do it. Okay, fine. That's at least a fair discussion. I'm willing to have that discussion. I'm not willing to have a discussion that's with somebody that says you can't do it with today's right. models right. and not knowing that we're not using today's models. And, and just to anybody listening to this right now or watching us, let me give you a few examples of this year just so we just throw it out there. Okay, sure. This year's cycle is close to 50 days. The river of air above us is cycling at close to 50 days. Last year was closer to 64, 65 days. Every year a unique pattern sets up. But this year's 50-day cycle – if you, you probably saw this, this might be a while back, depending on when you're listening to this, but Los Angeles has had a tornado, a legitimate right. look like Kansas tornado. Isn't okay? that something? There's debris yeah. flying through the air, and the experts are like, hey, we'll let you know if it's confirmed as a tornado. That's a tornado, okay? There's debris <laughs> flying all over the place. It's you, an event. And you see it's the funnel spinning around. Sure. You don't have to wait for confirmation from the National Weather Service. It's a tornado. Yeah. Now, 50 days ago, there was not a tornado, but there was a really strong storm in California. Sure. Okay? And that that January version of the storm, January 30th, had a whole spin circulation with rain and thunderstorms rotating around Southern California. And you could predict, hey, there might be severe weather. I, You know, the chance of a tornado in L.A. is always so low. You wouldn't predict that. Of course. But the storm happened 50 days ago. Minneapolis had a snowstorm February 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And 50 days before that 13-inch snowstorm, they had a 15-inch snowstorm 50 days before. California got hit right while Minneapolis was getting hit. And 50 days later, California got hit again. Right. We can show you example after example after example. Once you know what the pattern is and what the cycle is, you can make predictions, and we make the predictions, and we are getting them right over and over and over again. Today on Twitter, we're four for the first four predictions we made. Somebody says, why don't you tell us when you fail? Okay, I said, okay, we've made 11 severe weather predictions this year for, right, right. for this season. We're four for the first four. Okay, let's see how we do on the other seven Sure. Okay, we're probably going to be 9 out of 11 or 10 out of 11 or 7 out of 11. And the four others will be a miss. But will they? Let's see if they do. Right now we're on a roll. Right. Again, we're predicting conditions, favorable conditions, right? right? And so for severe weather. For severe weather. So there, right. there is a chance that there's there's some other influence that might might affect. We're sort of predicting case. that the Storm Prediction Center is going to issue That's an a good outlook. way of putting it. Absolutely. We're sort of predicting, yeah. hey, in 65 days, there's going to be a severe weather outbreak in this area. Okay, a very good chance of that. The Storm Prediction Center will be predicting a risk one or two days out. We're giving you 65 days warning. So this is one of the, the items in this article, too. One of the individuals who were quoted. I guess we, we don't. You can read the article. We won't call anyone out by name. It's not necessary. But in there, this individual states, like, well, why aren't they talking about when the model doesn't work? Gary never brings up when it doesn't work. I thought that was a particularly stupid argument almost a, <laughs> almost a lowbrow argument because like who who sits there is yelling at google and says like how come you're not showcasing all of your failed projects you know right. not to compare us with google or anything, but like what what individual what companies that like, goes out of their way to continu continually present to like 
it doesn't, it, this is when we failed miserably. This was the times when we were at our dumbest. Like, I don't know. I just think it's a disingenuous way to look at like the analytics of something. Now, that being said, I assume that statement was, was, was being put forth by somebody who's trying to discuss the academic rigors of right. the scientific process. Right. Okay. So I am, I'm going to make a disclaimer here because I'm probably going to sound like I'm, I'm down on science or whatever the case. I'm obviously not. Like, the scientific process is what's gotten us here into the modern civilization in which we leave, where all of our needs are met and everybody's safe and everything is great, okay? That is a very good thing. It is a good system, and the concept of peer-reviewed in its pure state is good. I agree with it. Now, with that said, the, the peer-reviewed process, to me, is one of these things that sort of, like, lived so long that the cracks sort of start to develop because there's just, there can be perverse incentives, um, there's unfortunate bias, there's, there's greed, there's egos, there, there just is, it is what it is, there's rigidity. So the scientific process in this, the peer-reviewed process, peer-reviewed process, they set up fences, okay, to prevent quacks from claiming they have facts. Exactly. That's good. That's a good thing. You should do that. We need that. There's a lot of quacks. There's profit incentive for people to present fake science and yada, yada. So that's good. Those fences are a good thing, Okay. But they, those fences have become so tall and so rigid now that you prevent outside thinking sometimes, right? right. Because the people who are in there, they're in academia. They, they are the people who have already submitted the papers saying this is how things are, okay? And so this is the only way they can be. They're already biased to their existing belief structure, all right? So the criticisms in this article were they're like, all right, so we, we've put forth a, a peer-reviewed paper. We submitted to a journal. Right. What I don't even remember what year it was. What, what year was that? Um, 2018, it got published. 2018, it got published. Five right? years ago. So the criticism was of where it was published. Right. All right. Now, I, do you, I guess I'll let you paraphrase, paraphrase the process that we went through because it's not a straightforward process. Right. Everybody wants to ask, of like, well, why didn't you submit it to this? Well, why didn't you publish it there? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. We did. We tried all of these things. Right. So here's, here's what happened. You know, it, first of all, it took about a year and a half to write this paper. Right. It was not something that we wrote in a very short period of time. Sure. We had revision after revision after revision after revision after revision. Before By expert we, after expert, too. But, yeah. Yeah, we had revisions, and we, I threw it out to some peer-reviewed people. Before it got peer-reviewed by the journal that published it, I had three prominent scientists in, at the in the government missile range area of Las Cruces, New yeah. Mexico region, right. and and the I got reviews from them. Oh, this is interesting. I guess it's possible. Here's what my concerns are, and I would and I rewrote the article based on a few of their reviews sure. that came in. So just know that that was already peer reviewed before it got peer reviewed the way it did. Right. Right. Now. I did, once it was written and we felt it was ready, we presented it to the, the, the BAMS, Bulletin of American Meteorological sure. Society, yeah. uh, the prominent scientific journal that meteorology gets published in, and we got rejected. We got rejected with almost very, very little understanding of what we were doing. Yeah. They just didn't like me as a broadcast meteorologist, the style <laughs> I had, sure. uh, the writing style. It's really, really a very well-written article. Okay, It's not technically sound and written by the way journals are written that I don't think anybody, an average person can even understand unless you're a PhD. Okay, It's not written by a PhD person that's 
way deep into the weeds of algorithms. Right, or who has, who has lived in academia for right. a, a decade. By the right. time you get to that, yeah. like, that's, I, that's I, your environment, that's your I, ecosystem. I had a different writing style, but in the paper we made some really key points that we can talk about in another segment. Sure, yeah. But we got rejected by BAMs. Then, we, then I went to the National Weather Association for their, their, our, their publication, and um, that journal, I think it was Journal of, I forget what it is, but it, whatever, whether it was Monthly Weather Review or whatever, but NWA rejected us. Right. We re, they rejected us without even going through one review. Ex- exactly. And this is where the, the difficult, I don't know, the difficulty lies with this process. Because it'd be one thing if they came out and said like, okay, well, we rejected it because of X, Y, and Z. And this, it's just kind of an outright rejection because it right. doesn't necessarily fit the, the template of expectation. And then they'll cite things like poor writing, okay? I mean, fine. I feel like that's an exceptionally I objective concept. I saw one of those criticisms. Concept. It is absolutely written really well, and I think most, most uh, English teachers would say it's written very well, okay? It's just not technically written the way a meteorologist that has a PhD at a university that's written 100 papers uh, it writes it, okay? I, I would love to write it that way, but I had a different style. Right, indeed. And so that's where part of like the rigidity of those fences that have grown to like protect this process, it's almost like, well, no matter what, if you're not wearing these shoes, if you're not wearing the right pants and the right color tie, you don't even get in the gate. We don't even talk to you. Right. We already consider you a quack no matter what. Not to mention, we are sort of bringing forth a new concept, and I wouldn't even say that it undoes existing traditional meteorology. I don't think it flies in the face of it. Now, it flies in the face of the concept of everybody saying, you can't predict past day X, or it's just chaos, and nobody can ever do anything with chaos, right? I mean, those are big, bold claims that I think it's... Probably a good thing that somebody tackles it. Right, and and I tackle all those issues in the paper. We discuss, right. Right. you know, the 15-day limit in traditional weather forecasting. What if what if this hypothesis actually is valid, which it is, okay, um, and the proof will be out in the next decade, a few decades. Sure. As, as, as a thousand peer-review papers, there will be a thousand peer-review papers on what we're writing. We just happen to be the first one. But I have, I have friends, very smart meteorologists, uh, high up there, um, very intellectual guys. Sure. They said, it's great. We got it published because at least it's out there. It's on record. And right. so, so it, it isn't quack. It's, it's amazing. And, and, and it's out there. So we have other articles as well. Agree. It's it's just a tough process. But the problem is now that becomes a very easy criticism for somebody who's in that ecosystem to say like, oh, well, they didn't do it my way. So, so it's bad. So it must right. be bad and it must be wrong. Right. Again, I, I would, I love having open-minded discussions with anybody. I'm I'm open-minded to us being wrong. I know you hate that I admit this, but I'm like, I will always stay a skeptic. I'm a skeptic about everything. I'm a skeptic about what I'm eating, you know, right after this. I'm skeptic of whether... That's the pessimism, yeah. Pessimism, optimism. I mean, am I going to wake up tomorrow? I'm skeptical of whether I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I don't really know. know, (laughs) I don't know either. Right, that's exactly so like, so I I I hope you do. (laughs) Thank you, that's very sweet. So that's that's a... um, a type of open-mindedness to me that I, I think right. a lot of individuals, you it's a cheap way to try to poke holes in something where you then don't even have to give it any mind, right? right. And I thought it was kind of a, a cheap attack in the article, uh, again, by a bunch of individuals, well, not a bunch, uh, one particular individual who's in there who I'm sure is in the ecosystem who clearly states, I've done peer reviewing, I do this, I, I'm in the peer review, I'm in the academia, like, 
And that's great. We need those people. We need that system. That is fantastic. But I also think we need those people to be maybe a little more open-minded at times, right? Because right. you got to think, like, back in the day, if somebody, everybody's riding horses and somebody says, okay, let's... We, we need a better way of, of getting around. Everybody goes, well, we got horses. Why would we ever want to go around anywhere not on a horse, right? <laughs> and so then somebody goes, well, I, I have this idea. It involves four wheels and an engine. Wow. There's no horses, right? Amazing. And everyone's just like, you should stop talking about that because we got horses. I know. And horses are great, <laughs> right? So then, okay, so we have cars. And then everybody's like, we have cars. This is amazing. We're doing amazing things. This is the way everything should be. We should never move forward. We should never even look at other ways of doing it, of traveling. Why would we ever? But then somebody goes, well, there's a whole lot of air up there. Maybe we could travel through the air. And everybody goes, but we travel on land. It's why a, would we travel yeah, in the air? Birds can fly, but we can't birds fly. Birds fly. There's no way we can fly. Don't even think about it. Don't research it. Just put it out of your mind right. because I, I drive a car and I think it's the only way to get around. Right? right. So these are the way that like progressions in society work and progressions in science work. So it's good because you got to think about it. We've all seen the video of people flapping wings, jumping off cliffs, saying, like, this is how you fly through the air. <laughs> That's a quack. That shouldn't make it through the scientific process. Right. That's fair. Okay? Right. But when you start to present actual theories and you say, all right, well, there's vectorization and you have lift and velocity and all these things. Whatever. Right. Bernoulli's principle can get us through. Great. That is a, a scientific methodology that's worth listening to. All we're saying is we're bringing something new. It kind of goes against some level of traditional science or thinking which is an old way of thinking, and so it, 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 people it, get defensive. It, I don't know if it goes against it. It goes. That's ag a good point. It yeah, goes I, against you're right, the, actually. Yeah. The, the, the way meteorologists and scientists think about it. Sure. It yeah. doesn't necessarily go against the science of meteorology, because I can take the 500 millibar maps, and you've seen many examples. Oh, yeah. Bob, you see this storm system? See how it's shaped? See how it is? See how the overall pattern is over the whole northern hemisphere? That's going to return and I'll tell you when. And then it returns. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. And it's not exactly the same. It's as Gary England said years ago. I saw it, Lozak. He called me Lozak. I saw it, Lozak. I saw it. It's the same, but different. But different. Okay, because the July version is going to look different than the January version. But in July, the pattern we're in now will be cycling back through when we, when the LRC says it will Right, right. Will yeah. be. So, but yeah, it's 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 like it's in a, a, a new direction in meteorology for sure. And as she she concluded the article, I love the way she concluded. Maddie yeah. concludes the article by uh, one big statement. She says she says um, if Lezak is right, then this will be the biggest discovery in meteorology since chaos theory. Right, right. If Lezak is wrong, it'll be a disaster and not of the natural <laughs> no, kind. That is great. You know? Yeah. Because That's it, a good it, quote. It, That's it, good journalism. It will be a disaster if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. Well, it's worth looking at. Right. Right? I mean, and, come and on. what it is, what it is, is probably far beyond what I'm presenting. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I simplify it. That's how me as a broadcast meteorologist does. But I learned about it a long time ago, 1987, 1988. Dr. George Fishbeck and icon in Los Angeles TV history. Um, my idol growing up, he would show 500 millibar maps, explain how they had a very big storm coming in. This is 1978-79. I have friends saying, oh, we've never had a winter like this before in California. Well, they just had a tornado. I'm not going to say they always have that. But they've had stormy, wet winters in the past as sure. well. But, but it's just fascinating.
Well, if if I may put a pin in this with with a quick story, I, I'm sure I've talked too much, and my name's not even the title, so why why am I talking this much? But when we'll I, change the title, no, <laughs> that was not the forecast with Gary Lezak and Bob Lyons. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe just tiny. No, I don't need any recognition. It's, it's totally fine. So when I was in college, uh, there was a physics professor. His name was Sergei Kopakin, right? And uh, he was this very fascinating Russian uh, professor in in physics. And he was doing very interesting study about uh, gravitational waves, right? Well, he in his theory was that gravity actually propagates in waves versus being a consistent force, which is, is what the majority of everything is based on, right? Like from a physics perspective. So the university was trying to deny him tenure. His enti- the entire physics department hated him, right? Like, I, I hate that I just use it because that's going to already sound like a, like a YouTube thing. Like, physics hates this guy. But... Right. This was 20 some odd years ago, so it was the case. He was, very, he was not a popular fellow. And so uh, he was trying to get tenure, and, and everybody in the department was trying to shut it down because he was doing research that disproved, like you said, hundreds of millions of dollars of research that these particular individuals had devoted their life to, right? And so they just didn't want to hear it. He has gone on now. He did get tenure, and he's gone on now to continue his research into the propagation of gravitational waves. And there's, it's a bigger industry now. More people finally kind of open their eyes. And it's just an open-mindedness. I'm not sitting here saying he's right, blah, blah, blah. Look, he was right all along. I'm just saying, like, it took people having an open mind, and it was worth saying, like, okay, well, right. maybe there is something there. Instead of a group of people saying, like, don't even talk about it. Right. That's what I'm getting. Don't even talk about it. And while they try to figure out the researchers right now, they're actively trying to figure out how to predict tornado season, how to predict how many tornadoes are going to be. We have the solution for tornado season. The LRC provides a solution for when and where tornadoes are most likely going to happen. And the LRC provides so much more. Predicting a hurricane one week, two weeks, six months in advance, you have time to prepare. Businesses have time to prepare. It's not 100% accurate, okay? But the LRC itself is actually close to 100% accurate. The river of Arab there is is flawless, okay? It is oscillating within a range. That's the whole premise of the LRC. Our predictions based on what we know now are accurate, but not 100%. Sure. So, but, but predicting a hurricane with 65% accuracy is good six yes. months out, three months out. Yeah, and that was one of our big things in Miami. It was like, look at 2022. L- look at the hurricane prediction that came out March 23rd, 2022. We put out, we put out a press release and we specifically said, and then everybody was tracked and like, we won. Yeah. That's, that's just the way it was. Like, we we didn't game those numbers. Yeah, we, our prediction for hurricane season and that was with about 25 to 30 other government, university, and private organizations that were all, we all put in our predictions at the beginning of the season. Only one forecast was for below average hurricane season. And it looked like the outlier. Right. Another 2020 prediction looks like, oh, well, that, how can that company be right? Usually you wipe out the outlier, not when it's the only one that was right. Everyone thought it would be a hyperactive hurricane season last year, and it was less than active until it got to November. All of a sudden it was active in November, hurricane season yeah. in November. Now, our forecast for this hurricane season is coming up soon. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Feel free to say no. Uh, but I do remember late in the hurricane season last year, wasn't Noah, there was a little bit of 
I don't know, I'll use the word controversy, controversy between us of what was even qualifying as a tropical storm and what was qualifying as a hurricane. Maybe it got the feeling like they were being a little generous in dishing out. Well, um, I think... Or do you think it was adding to the ace? I think Colin, I think there was a tropical storm Colin that formed inland on the South Carolina coast. Tropical storms don't form inland. I guess right. it's possible it was right near the coast, but they named it for about six yeah. hours to 12 hours, and then it wasn't named. They just got an extra name in there. Sure. So I don't That's know. That's a little squirrely. I don't, know but, what, okay. I don't know if there's motivation for them to name things when they predicted a whole bunch right. of them. I'm the, not screaming conspiracy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just but, uh, you know, a wacky incident. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so, but... Uh, Hey, listen, we'll see what happens this year. Because then that, I mean, just that's one more name storm that popped up that right. maybe in past now, seasons it wouldn't have been considered a name storm. One premise maybe. of what the LRC is. Remember, the LRC, every year a unique pattern sets up in October. And into October, November, it sets up. And then we develop what the cycle is. And we find out what it is. And we make these incredible, uncanny predictions. And then the next October, it sets up again. So hurricane season that traditionally everyone thinks starts in May or June, okay? Um, 15 years in a row we had like an early storm in May. Uh, yeah. But last year we did not, which was the, right. also a sign it was going to be quiet. But the hurricane season traditionally begins in May or June. It, Per what we believe, and it will be one of the peer review paper we write in the future, okay? <laughs> you know, I don't know when it will be, 10 years from now or 5 years from now. we got more work to but do. But it will be coming. The LRC suggests that the hurricane season begins in October or November. It goes dormant, and then it reappears in May and June and July as the waters warm over the tropics. So the hurricane this year, hurricanes, we had Nicole hit Florida. We had Martin over the North Pacific. We had Carl and Lisa. We had four name storms after the LRC set up. Right. Last year we had one, which is was an indication it was going to be less active. Now, does the, do those four mean it's going to be more active this year? It's certainly a sign it will be at least as active, if not more active than last year. But more on that to come. It's a good call. I mean, so the, and that's it's tough because let's say we put out a forecast that says, yeah, I mean it's it's hurricane season. It'll be an average hurricane season. And ever you know like. We're at a point where maybe you can't win no matter what. You predict below average. Everybody says no. Well, you predict we, average. We may predict an average. I, know, I, I haven't come to our conclusions yet. That's sure. coming in the next week or so. Yeah. But uh, whether we are in this whole group of all the other forecasts are the same. You can't. You Last year, we were the clear winners. Oh, without a doubt. And, yeah. and um, there's a lot to be said about that. And we've been making these hurricane season forecasts for a few years now. And yeah. we're getting better and getting, better and better at it. I've, I've watched your evolution on yeah. it. And it's I getting have, better. I've been in awe, my friend. Yeah, it's have, great. If you're not getting better, that means you're getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> that would be unfortunate. So, better, right? so we work hard. I work relentlessly hard at this. And uh, so we, thank you for sharing this. You're yeah. doing great. Yeah. I'm so I'll step off my soapbox. This is just a topic that I'm kind of... I don't know. It, it always kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. I have a lot of friends in academia. You know, I know a lot of scientists. Right. Um, it, it is at terms a polarizing or at times a polarizing topic in today's world, just the concept of science right. uh, when I don't necessarily think it needs to be. Right. Um, but it is funny, you know, when you find yourself on the outside of something, just going like just trying to knock on the door. And it, it kind of drives me nuts that people just put their fingers in their ears. And, right. you know, I, yeah, it's silly. Yeah. We, we've got a voice out there. We're putting our forecasts out there. Some people, yeah. would, people like today say, uh, why don't you tell us when you're wrong? I'm like, 
well, you said, it's like, we're not going to go, hey, guess what? Weather 2020 was wrong all these times. Now hire us. Okay? Yeah. Well, it, that's exactly, it's just, it's just silly. First Who, of all, we're not wrong that often. True. Okay? Sure. That's Second, fair. Secondly, secondly, it is amazing and exciting uh, to this day when we predict like this outbreak of severe weather this week. And not only do we say March 20th to 25th, and now it's, it's going to happen the next couple of days. We'll see. Right. Hopefully it's not that bad. We don't need the bad tornadoes. Good point. But not only do we predict where it's going to happen on the 24th of March, okay, but we can show how we did it. If, if I, a Zoom meeting with any Ph.D. out there, any Ph.D. student, if you want to take on this project, come and call us. We can show you how Hurricane Katrina had a signature 75 days before Katrina to predict the potential for a major disaster. Now, we would never have guessed it would be Katrina. That was always the worst-case worst, worst case scenario. Right. But the potential would be there, and we could prepare better. It's fire, fair point, my friend. All right. Golly. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like this is your podcast. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it. This is just this is near and dear to my heart. I love all your points. It was fantastic. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to take it over. Anyway, hey. What do you want to forecast? Is there, is I there forecast a fun- it'll be hot this summer. See, some summer <laughs> critics are going, ooh, yes. watch this. I can do this. This I'll man is you, unstoppable. I'll bet you it's hot in July. Yeah. All right. Golly, but, so good at things. But what can the LRC do for your agriculture interests out there? We can tell you when the heat wave will, is most likely. Right, yeah. Going to happen. Absolutely. And when it will break down. That's that's beautiful guidance. So, yeah. Right. So anyway. Trends. We're, we're we looking do. at trends, folks. All right. How long do we go? Oh, my oh I don't know. I've got everybody... lunch in 30 minutes. Oh, right. man. you got to be okay, starving. Hey, it's called The Forecast. you got to feed those guns, my friend. The Forecast brought to you by Results Personal Fitness. Dangerous. I know. Hey, listen. I, I'm 60 years old. So if I can keep it all Great. natural. All natural. All natural. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it, I, I like might even try a, a sugar detox in May. That'll Whoa. Be, that'll be a topic. Will you do it with me? I would consider it. Really? Uh, well, yeah. That's another That's yeah. another topic for another day. Yeah. All right. Uh, the forecast brought to you by Results and Uphold Home. Uphold Home. And Beautiful. we'll see you the next time. You the sure forecast will. with Gary Lezak and Pop Lions. <laughs>